Welcome to the RHP Market Talk podcast, episode 16. I'm Natalie Pika, and along with Glenn Royal and Michelle Jones, we're the founding partners of Royal Harbor Partners Wealth Management. If you're a regular listener of our podcast, you know that we often speak to current market conditions, but we also like to cover topics that can have just as big effect on your personal finances that's within the financial and estate planning realm. And today, we're going to talk about doing a full review of property insurance. Most people see January as a new beginning. Whether you think of this as a new fiscal year or are considering a New Year's goal or resolution, it's generally a time for us to consider a fresh start. During this season, it's a great time to also look at any items that touch your financial life, such as reviewing your tax documents while you prepare for tax season, financial plan reviews to see if inflows and outflows were as expected, and if anything has changed, marriages, divorces, etc., could these prompt any updates to your wills or powers of attorney? One item that I think many people neglect to review consistently is their property insurance. So today, I'm super excited to introduce our special guest, Kristen Jones, owner of McKinney Insurance, a branch of the Woodlands Financial Group. Kristen has been with McKinney Insurance for 14 years, purchasing the agency in 2021 to continue the commitment that McKinney has to serving their clients well Kristen, thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. So Kristen, let's start out. Would you like to share a little bit about your background? Sure. Well, I've lived in Texas all my life, mostly a Houstonian. I did go to Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches oh, for college. Nice. Graduated in 2006 and then started really adulting in 2008 <laughs> when I got my property and casualty insurance license and began working for the broker that mm-hmm. I work for now, which is McKinney Insurance. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, I have to say, I really like the front page of your website that says, nobody likes insurance. Let's be real. Right. So I think that's why people avoid the regular review. Um, They kind of set it and forget it. And I want to talk about why it's so important to really do that annual review with your insurance agent. Absolutely. But we keep it real. I mean, nobody likes insurance. You're paying for something that you're hoping not to use. So that's always fun. Yeah. And uh, it's really not a good time to try to figure it out yourself. So we try to do the hard part for people. We do the shopping for people. We go through multiple different companies as a broker Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to do the legwork of trying to shop for themselves and try to find the right coverages and make sure that they're getting a good policy through a good carrier. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a great point. So what's the difference between a captive agent and an independent agent? So obviously, if you work with a broker, mm-hmm. you have the ability to kind of shop to other carriers. Mm-hmm. What does that what does that mean for our listeners that maybe have a little both? Maybe they have a mix. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like in your world? So a captive agency is a company that only has one carrier that they provide insurance through. So that would apply to State Farm, for instance, all state, um, nationwide. Those carriers only offer insurance through those companies. But when you go through a broker or an independent agency, which means the same thing, broker or independent agency are synonymous, it means that we have the ability to shop through multiple different insurance carriers and try to find whatever is going to be the best possible policy for the best possible price for our clients. 
And does that hold true for, I mean, we work with a lot of business owners. Mm-hmm. Does that also hold true for the commercial? Absolutely. Insurance side? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's captive for the commercial side, there's captive for, yeah. and there's independent for the commercial side yeah. as well. Absolutely. And you can really get into the weeds by saying, we're a broker that mm-hmm. sometimes goes through another broker that has a bunch of different carriers, but the carrier is the one that is actually providing the insurance. That's the company that is providing the insurance. And then the agency or the broker Mm -hmm. is the one that is trying to shop through the multiple carriers. Mm -hmm. So we're a broker agency that has the ability to go through other agencies. I don't want to confuse your listeners. Let's just say say that there's a lot of options when you go through an independent insurance agency. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are the pros and cons? Or do you see pros and cons between independent versus captive? If you go through a captive agency, you really don't have a lot of options if your rate increases. So you can change your coverages, you can delete coverages, lower coverages, or increase your deductibles in Mm -hmm. order to help manage cost. But if you go through an independent insurance agency, they can simply move you from one carrier to the other carrier. And what I've seen in my 14 years of doing this is that you have to write through whoever's hot. So you have carriers that enter the market from time to time, and the thing is you've got to figure out which carriers want the business, especially in this southeast part of Texas, Houston area where we're located. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to get good insurance rates here because we're right by the water. We're right by the Gulf Coast. Right. And so there's not many carriers that even want to offer insurance, much less at a good price. Yeah. But you have to play the game of which carrier is going to be the most competitive policy for the price right now. And so that's what we do for our clients. And it changes all the time. Mm. Sometimes a carrier comes in, they're smoking hot. They want the business. It's very competitive prices. Right. But then they go up the next year. Sometimes, you know, it's even bad enough to be what I've seen as more like a bait and switch. Like we're offering dirt cheap prices and we are certainly going to go up next year. Mm -hmm. And you have to warn clients about that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is a really good deal for this year, but we're probably going to have to shop this for you next year. Okay. Because this carrier is getting too much too fast. And what does that do from a, I guess, from a claims or loyalty type perspective mm-hmm. in how, whether it's through a brokerage or it is a captive mm-hmm. and how they handle the claims process. If you do have a claim, does that have anything, have an effect on it? Um, not so much claims because any carriers that we write through at McKinney insurance, TWFG mm-hmm. is the main broker. That's my corporate office. Right. I'm a branch okay. of the Woodlands financial group. That's what McKinney insurance is, is a branch mm-hmm of the Woodlands Financial Group, and we only write through A-rated, very financially stable, solid insurance companies. TWFG Corporate does the vetting for us, and it's a trusted choice agency Mm -hmm. to only write good insurance. So I have all the confidence in the world that whoever insurance company I write you with, they're going to pay a claim. Mm. It's not going to have an effect on claims if a carrier... Um, you know, is hot in the market and gets a whole bunch of business really fast, like they're not going to be any less trustworthy when it comes to paying claims. Right. But what typically happens is 
if they come in so low, they're going to increase. And rates increase around here regularly anyways. Right. So you have to be suspicious if something is really low. Why is it really low? Is it just that this carrier wants the business? And sometimes that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And you have to take that deal for that year when that happens because it's a really good insurance policy for a really good price. Right. So you have to take it, but you also have to take it with a grain of salt that, hey, I'm probably going to need my broker to reshop this for me in a year. Yeah. And that's what we do for people. Right. So more than price, I think a lot of people are looking for, do I have the right coverages? Absolutely. Do I have enough coverage? It's just as important. Right. It's just as important to get a good insurance policy that is going to pay out in a legitimate claim situation. Mm-hmm. You have to be really careful because there's a lot of, frankly, fly-by-night insurance companies. I don't write through any of them. Um, I think it's very unfortunate that they even exist. But if you're trying to do this yourself and you're looking for the lowest bottom line price and that's the only thing that you care about, you really might get messed over right. in a claim situation. Right. So we're shopping for not only good carriers, I mean, financially stable, reputable, mm-hmm. A-rated if we can, carriers, but we're also looking for what coverages do you really need? And basically, we're going to explain all of the different optional coverages to you, any endorsement that we've added. We're going to tell you, like, this is why I added it. You can do without it. It's going to save you $75 a year if you do without this specific Mm -hmm. water damage coverage or whatever endorsement it may be that we think is important enough to present to you. But you can always tweak your policy to to be whatever it is that you want. Um, And you can you can listen to our recommendations, Mm -hmm. which is very valuable for people like I trust you. I know that you know what you're talking about. You've done this for 14 years. So if you think that this is an important coverage, then I do want to add it because it's $50 a year, $75 a year. So let's go back to why an annual review of your insurance coverage. So, I, I mean, a great example, we, we ask clients about these things, you know, when we're having conversations. One of the biggest surprises that we found mm-hmm. as, you know, financial planners around here and advisors was how many of our clients who have the means did not mm. have flood insurance for Harvey. Oh my goodness. So properties that maybe they've owned for many years, again, not in flood zones, mm-hmm. you know, so we're talking about very minimal annual mm-hmm. cost mm-hmm. for flood insurance um, that did not have any flood insurance during Harvey. You know? it's, it's such a shame. We were all humbled with Hurricane Harvey mm-hmm. to understand what could happen because what could happen did happen. And one out of four people that flooded during Hurricane Harvey were in quote unquote preferred flood zones. Mm. So that means that it was optional for them to carry flood insurance and optional meaning your mortgage company doesn't make you carry flood insurance. Right. But from my perspective, after having done this for as long as I have and seen devastating hurricane events, Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Harvey, even like the tax day floods a few years ago, it doesn't even have to be a hurricane event to flood. Right. Everybody in the Houston area 
really needs flood insurance. And I don't just say that because I care about selling it. That's not what it's about. It's about protecting one of your biggest assets that you have. I mean, your home is probably going to be one of the more expensive things that you own in this life. And flood is a a regular event that happens around here. Right. So it's super important. But let's get back to the annual review. You said, why is it important to have an annual review? And it's because of cost increases, primarily why people have to look at it around here, because insurance prices are so volatile Mm -hmm. and they can go up hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in a year. And if you're not looking at it, you're not going to see that. Right. And then all of a sudden you're paying more on your mortgage payment. And then you're like, why am I paying so much more per month? Well, look at your insurance, know your renewal date and make sure that you're looking at your renewal and comparing that to whatever you paid last year so that you're not getting, you know, a huge increase. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, and we saw this with COVID replacement cost increased exponentially and replacement cost means how much would it cost to rebuild your house from the ground up if you were to have a devastating event? So if you had a hurricane or a fire, wipe out your house completely, what would be the cost of materials and labor to rebuild? Mm. And with COVID, both of those things went nuts. Right. So you look at your renewals and say, wow, I may be way underinsured now because what was 250,000 last year or 300,000 last year due to COVID, now it's really like 450,000 right. for all the replacement cost of my materials and my labor to rebuild my house. Right. Stuff like that. You just have to look at it. So what does that, how does that play into kind of the policy limits, right? When we talk about, mm-hmm. or where I'm overinsured, Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, I'm underinsured, mm-hmm. right? Underinsured or overinsured, policy, yeah, or overinsured. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a potential too. Mm-hmm. And how all the coverages kind of fit together, right? So I think a typical thought process on coverages is okay. My house, um, if I have rental properties, other estates, real estate investments, mm-hmm. and then obviously autos. Mm-hmm. Do I have underage drivers? How does all of that kind of tie together when you talk about policy limits? Sure. And let's kind of tie into that because I know for most of our clients from a liability standpoint, they also have, you know, umbrella policies. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you kind of break that out in a review you sure. know, and where do you start? Sure. Well, two separate things we're talking about here. So policy limits, you can either be overinsured or underinsured and you kind of want to get within a window of what is a reasonable amount per the cost of materials and labor at the time. And basically you, you don't ever want to underinsure because that's a far bigger grievance than it is to overinsure. Mm-hmm. So if my house is 2,500 square feet and I'm trying to insure for a hundred dollars a square foot, which is probably too low, By today's standards, you know, I've got $250,000 worth of coverage. I probably need to increase that to $325,000 because if I'm looking at more like $125 to $150 a square foot, that's how we do the math in my office 
that's how a lot of carriers will determine how to ensure it's going to be a cost per square foot. Mm-hmm. And you want to stay with 150, 175 if you're being safe. Um, 125 is maybe the minimum that you should do. Um, anything less than that is probably under insurance. Um, and that's just with home insurance. Um, with auto insurance, I don't think there is such a thing as over insuring because maximum limits through most auto carriers are going to be 250,000 for bodily injury per accident, 500,000 for property damage. We live in a very litigious society. People want to sue. Um, you know, sometimes you get into an accident with somebody who sees a meal ticket, especially for your clients. Mm-hmm. So having more insurance is always going to be better. And you never plan for an at-fault accident. Right. You never plan for it. So, And I don't think the cost of over-insuring on auto is going to be as bad as over-insuring on home here. But talk to your agent. Make sure that your agent thinks that your insurance policy limits are correct because they're the ones that know and have experienced claim situations Mm -hmm. and work. If you have an independent agent, work through all these different carriers. Yeah. So they know which companies are wanting the $150 a square foot versus which companies are wanting to over-insure a little bit versus which companies are kind of okay with, you know, writing the under-insurance line a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you never want to under-insure. It's just, it's not worth it. And you never plan for a claim situation. So, so yeah. what is an umbrella policy? Cause I think, so, so you talk about the auto insurance and then you tack on whether or not you're, you're going to include that, that auto, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that liability on the auto, mm-hmm. what, uh, the umbrella on the auto. I got you. What That's does that, one. what does that, what does that mean? So an umbrella effectively does what it looks like. Like if you picture an umbrella, in life, it's over and above whatever is underlying. So the underlying home policy and the underlying auto policy need to have maxed out limits in order to have an umbrella policy that is over and above um, those coverages. So Harry, I'm gesturing to you like people can actually see me doing this. <laughs> right. I'm making, By the way, she's making a sign I'm making that looks an like an umbrella. <laughs> I'm doing a little arc with my hand, but basically the underlying policy limits of liability must be exhausted before the over and above coverage comes into effect. So for instance, if your homeowner's insurance liability limit is 300,000, then there has to be a claim situation where those limits are exhausted in order for an umbrella policy of usually it's 1 million or mm-hmm. 2 million to go into effect. And so the umbrella coverage is over and above the homeowner's insurance liability or for auto insurance, same deal. If you have auto insurance where you have a really bad accident that you are liable for and you've caused more than $250,000 of bodily injury for a single person or more than $500,000 worth of property damage, like you get in a pileup on Highway 3 and mm-hmm. you have jacked up a, you know, a Mercedes and a Beamer and a person. Right. Um, 
then you're going to have to have that additional liability over and above your underlying auto policy liability. Does all that make sense? It does. That I makes hope sense. I'm explaining it well. Yeah, that, it makes sense. And I think really for our clients, you know, the high net worth, um, you mentioned it earlier, kind of the meal ticket. Mm-hmm. If someone sees that meal ticket, mm-hmm. does the umbrella policy help? Absolutely. Is it needed? It could be. I mean, the, the deal with uh, umbrella is that you want to have it if you have areas of exposure that typically go along with your clientele. Mm-hmm. If you have money, you know, you're probably going to be getting toys is what we call them. Boats, you know, motorcycles, those right. fun things, classic cars, yeah. that kind of thing. And if you are a property owner that has money, you might have some rental properties. Maybe you have two or three rental properties. Well, in the insurance world, we call that exposure. You have additional areas of exposure for liability. So maybe your renters throw a wild party and there's a liability claim and your liability limits for that rental property do not cover what happened. And you're getting sued. Mm, You need that additional umbrella because your underlying policy is not. And then if you have a boat and you have a motorcycle or a a secondary home, whatever it is that you've done to expose yourself to to more lawsuit possibility, Mm. then you really should consider getting an umbrella because they're cheap. They're not very expensive. And for somebody that has multiple areas of exposure, they're worth it. Okay. Interesting. They're usually less than $1,000 a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a no-brainer. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about commercial insurance. And, and Oh, my favorite. What, <laughs> what, does that, what does that look like when we talk about policy limits and things like that? And I know it can get very complicated quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What areas do do you see people maybe neglect or not review regularly or, or really keep updated? Commercial insurance is a lot more complicated than property insurance um, for residential mm-hmm. or just the personal lines, homeowners insurance. It's going to be a lot more complicated because there's usually more forms to fill out, more questions to answer from underwriting. And so if you are looking at getting commercial insurance, you really have to give your insurance agent at least a week. You want to be looking at that before you plan to purchase. You need to give them time to do what they need to do to give you a quote, especially if you're going through an independent agency. But um, what was the question about commercial? So, so from a commercial perspective, I think that reviews, we talked, we talked about personal reviews, right? And how that touches your financial life. Mm -hmm. But if, because we do work with a lot of clients that are business owners, Mm -hmm. multiple types of business, Mm -hmm. all kinds of business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why is it important to review the policies for your business on an annual basis? Same deal. I mean, you don't want to be underinsured and you want to make sure that you're asking questions about, will this be covered? Will this not be covered? Because what I find with a lot of commercial policies is Somebody tells me that they do, let's say it's a construction policy Mm -hmm. and they do flooring, but what they neglect to tell me is that they also do windows and doors, 
door installation, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then they're also doing pools on the side or like wood decks <laughs> on the side or whatever. But they don't tell me that. So their policy is rated way less than what it really should be. But they're exposing themselves to claims in those areas that they haven't told me about. Right. So it's exposure. Again, yes. it goes back to that exposure. It goes back to exposure. It goes back to, are you being insured correctly? Because people are so focused on price nowadays that they may not understand, I want to get what I'm actually paying for. This goes back to what we said at the very beginning. You know, insurance isn't sexy because nobody wants to pay for something that they're not hoping to use. Right. But when you do need to use it, you want to make sure that it's there for you. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're going to get a payout. So, you know, that's that's the thing to do with commercial insurance is make sure that you're communicating to your agent all the different things that you do so that they can make sure that all of those, they call them class codes, mm-hmm. are incorporated into your policy and that you will be covered for all the different areas that you work. Okay. Uh, we are, we've covered Woo, we are covering a uh, probably a lot more ground than I thought we were going to cover today. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> Doing but this I for think 14 this years. Is, I, I think, get talking. I, this is really good. I think it's it's information that I haven't even considered. So oh, good. Um, I appreciate you really dig, digging into the details there Thank for you us. For um, I I do want to kind of touch on things that are very specific to our Houston area. I know we we have a lot of listeners. We have listeners that are all over the country. Um, but we're, we're kind of unique in this Gulf coast area. We talked a little bit about flood. You want to touch a little bit on windstorm for me? Because no. I know that's a big topic. <laughs> no, let's just not Nobody go there. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody <laughs> wants to talk about windstorm. Sure. I can talk um, about that. Absolutely. You know, again, we'll go back to, uh, Nobody really likes insurance. Nobody. And not even me. Yeah, I mean, really. And I own an agency. And you own an agency. Yeah. <laughs> Call me. Yeah, yeah, so. That's a good plug, right? Yeah, there you I don't go. like insurance either. <laughs> <laughs> so, windstorm. Okay. And I, I think that's kind of where we'll wrap up because that is pretty specific to our area. Okay. What do you think about windstorm? A lot of carriers are doing combination policies for properties in Galveston County. So, like League City area. Mm-hmm. Um, but areas where traditionally it used to be that you could only get windstorm insurance through Texas Windstorm Insurance Association, yep. you can still do that. And it's still a viable option for homeowners in Galveston County or homeowners that have their properties east of Highway 146. I'm getting very specific now, but basically that's still an option. Um, it may not be the best option anymore because there's a lot of carriers that have come into the market that are offering windstorm insurance included on the same policy with their homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. So that's really convenient to have one policy and not have to worry about going through Texas wind who I don't want to bad mouth them because I have seen them pay out a fortune since 2008 Hurricane Ike when I started working in the industry. But um, Windstorm should be the last option through Texas Windstorm Insurance Association because they're designed to cover windstorm insurance in an area where nobody really wants it. Right. So it's better to go through a combination policy and have Windstorm included with your homeowner's insurance most of the time. But I, I, like I said, I hesitate 
to say anything bad about Texas Windstorm because they're a perfectly good carrier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have seen them pay out a fortune. They are still sometimes the only option for clients. For yeah. clients, and sometimes they're the best option for clients because the price makes sense. Mm-hmm. The price for the policy makes sense. So it is what it is. In our mm-hmm. area, sometimes you just have to have the windstorm separated from the, right. the regular property insurance. Right. And it may be less expensive to have two policies than one policy. So bottom line in this conversation has been, there's a lot to consider, a lot to think about. Most of our clients are probably not um, experts mm-hmm. in the property insurance field. Mm-hmm. So from a financial planning standpoint, Around here, we always talk about all the nickels and dimes matter, mm. and we talk about consolidation. We talk about knowing where everything is, and mm-hmm. I think your insurance coverages is a is an important an important piece to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, nobody really likes insurance. We don't want to have to mess with it, mm-hmm. and generally speaking, we hope we don't ever have to use it. Sure, but you have to around here. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you you really will end up paying way too much, and, and not just so much in the in the, what I think of in terms of the um, the premiums on an annual basis mm-hmm. as the expense, but for so many of our clients that didn't have flood insurance mm-hmm. um, on on their rental properties, mm-hmm. um, secondary residences. Um, on their primary residences, mm-hmm. we saw them have to tap into their investment portfolios yeah. to cover those losses that they shouldn't have had to cover. You shouldn't have had to do that. I mean, it's you, you have to insure for flood in the Houston, Texas area. Right. It's just a no-brainer with how much the cost is per year versus how much you stand to lose right. if we get hit. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be a hurricane event. I know we said that, but it doesn't have to be a hurricane event. It can be some rando storm that parks itself over your house for four days. Yeah. Because we get that kind of stuff around here. Like I've been stranded at work a couple different times. Like, how am I supposed to get home? Right. Right. These, These streets are flooded. And this is not even like... Nobody warned me about this one. Right. Just happened to be a spring it, storm. It was yeah. just run of the mill Houston. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. And I really appreciate the fact that you gave us kind of an inside perspective of what it means to, to be a uh, property insurance agent um, and an independent. We, we appreciate your perspective on that as we also are independents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hope that our listeners uh, had an opportunity to kind of gain some perspective and will reach out to their own agent mm-hmm. and do that review, mm-hmm. at least on an annual basis of all their coverages to make sure that they are not underinsured, to make sure that they have everything that they should, that everything's connected um, and everybody's kind of on the same page. So, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Natalie. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for your expertise and just for this conversation today. I hope our clients Uh, found all this information helpful, and I hope that they'll take this and do their annual reviews with their insurance agent. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, To our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of RHP Market Talk. If you have any questions or would like to discuss today's topics, please feel free to contact us through our website at royalharborpartners.com. At RHP, we're passionate about planning for your financial future. 
We're devoted to our relationships with multi-generational families for the creation of successful legacies. And through our one-on-one conversations, we can help you navigate your personal wealth management and investment journey. How different will your life look with the right advice? Royal Harbor Partners is a registered investment advisor, and the opinions expressed by Royal Harbor Partners on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.